the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Guilty, guilty, guilty. Kangaroo Court, Banana Republic. Was there a shock to anybody? Is anybody surprised at this? It's preposterous. It's ridiculous. And it was called for. The whole damn thing was called for. From the president to Congress people to BLM to professional rioters, the entire thing was called for. And it's a disgrace to the American judicial system. It's an outrage. And it should be thrown out immediately, but it won't. The only question now is, what are you going to take in your office pool? Are you going to take 20 years? Are you going to take 40 years? Which one are you going to take? George, if you don't mind, I had a little problem here with my call screen in Studio Xanadu. Do you mind giving me Pelosi? Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. For being there to call out to your mom. How, how heartbreaking was that? Call out for your mom. I can't breathe. But because of you and because of thousands, millions of people around the world who came out for justice, your name will always be synonymous with justice. And now we have to make sure justice prevails in the sentencing. But that's, you know, that's, that's its own procedure. This is an absolute kangaroo court system where politicians are not only calling for guilty verdicts. It wasn't only the innuendo that it better be guilty. Now they're calling for sentencing minimums and they will be maximums. And the idea that this is some sort of a judicial system that should be modeled or has integrity. As you are hearing Congress people cantonize a meth addict scumbag with a rap sheet the size of your arm. It's absolutely disgraceful. And do you think, do you think that it stops with Nancy Pelosi? Well, it doesn't. I can only imagine the pressure and anxiety they're feeling. Uh, And so uh, I waited till the jury was sequestered. And and I called. They're a good family. And they're calling for peace and tranquility, no matter what that verdict is. I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict, which is... I'm praying the verdict is the right verdict, and I think it's overwhelming in my view. 
on every case that was under Trump's presidency, he was calling out dog whistles to Nazis. There were all dog whistles. I, I don't know. There were dog whistles that nobody heard but the media. This is an outright call that the president agrees with an absolute guilty verdict, and it is clear in his view. So what he is doing is inciting the rioters. He is saying, should you not get the verdict that I and you want, go right ahead. It's fine to do everything. I wouldn't say that unless the, the jury was sequestered now. I hear me say that. But so we, we just talked to them. I want to know how they were doing, just personally. And we talked about personal things. Thank you very much for coming in. So the jury was sequestered, but were the rioters? You know, the, the, the military wing of the Democrat Party, BLM and Antifa. As the feeble fascist says from Mount High, I got your back because I agree with you and this absolutely should be a guilty verdict. That right there is grounds for a mistrial. Yet the the judge wouldn't dare call a mistrial because he knew what was going to happen. They'll burn the city again and and, and the porn star who, who beats the women and robs the people and does a little meth just on the weekends. He'll be cantonized. That's exactly what the threat was. That's what the innuendo was. And even when Pippi Liestocking, known as Pisaki, was asked about it by, I guess, reporters rather than Marxist propaganda of Pravda, this is what she had to say. The praying that the verdict is right and, and it being overwhelming. The president obviously volunteered this information. No one asked him for his opinion about the verdict. Why not say this is what the president meant? Well, Amish, I think, um, you know, our objective is to um, leave. The president was obviously clearly impacted by... She can't even come up with the lie. She can't even come with the lie. She's searching for words that will make an obvious, an obvious call for chaos by the president sound reasonable. His conversation with the Floyds, uh, the Floyd family just yesterday, uh, he obviously has spoken to uh, the video. I wonder, did he call the Chauvins? You know, the Chauvins, the, the wife and the kids of Chauvin who went to work to enforce laws of the country, who's never going to come home again. Because we're not pretending this guy's getting out of prison, are we? Are we pretending this is going to be a trial where this guy gets out of prison? They were more concerned with a fair trial for terrorists that that tore down the, the towers and started a war. They're more concerned with fairness of trials of Taliban, you know, the ones that Joe Biden and the rest of the morons armed. They're more they're more concerned with fairness for them than they are a police officer. An actual police officer. Did he call the Chauvins? That would have been a good question for the press corps to ask. But he doesn't. That's not in his in his agenda. See, his agenda is mafia government. His agenda is to intimidate the people who would disagree with anything that is against the Marxist agenda. Anything. And he will let you know if you are on my team, I am on your team. I have your back. Thank God we don't live in Minnesota, and I'm sorry for the people who captured there. Put simply, is it wrong for Americans to see this as the president saying he hopes the officers are going to be found guilty and the evidence is overwhelming? When people see that quote, is it wrong for them to make that assumption that that's what the president's saying? 
I think what people should conclude is that the president, like many Americans, uh, has been deeply impacted by the trial. He's been deeply impacted by he was deeply impacted by his conversation with the Floyd family yesterday that he understands that people are exhausted, that they are tired, that uh, this type of uh, violence and trauma we've seen around the country and continue to see over the past couple of weeks. And hopefully that's what they take away. from And that he will intimidate the judge to give a sentence that he feels and that the neo-Marxists feel is just. Is there any question that this guy is going to get the maximum? 312-642-5600. What's your office pull? Put me down for 20 on 80 years plus seven life sentences. That's what this guy's going to get for going to work and enforcing the law. And, and, and the counterfeiter, meth head, who mugged the women, who beat the women, who starred in porno movies, he's the guy now. And Nancy... Thank you, George Floyd. Thank you. You're a team player, George. Way to take one on the chin for the movement. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. Derek Chauvin. Members of the jury, I will now read the verdicts as they will appear in the permanent records of the 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota, County of Hennepin, District Court, 4th Judicial District. State of Minnesota Plaintiff versus Derek Michael Chauvin, Defendant. Verdict, Count 1. Court file number 27, CR 20-12646. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to Count 1, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April 2021 at 1.44 p.m. Signed, juror four-person, juror number 19. Same caption, verdict count two. We, the jury, in the above entitled matter as to count two, third-degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. This verdict agreed to this 20th day of April. There you go. That's not a, See, that kabuki theater, that's not entertaining enough for me. I think they should have slapped one of those, those old-fashioned from the founder's white wigs on Maxine Waters and let her read the verdict. There we go. What this girl doing? Black lives matter. Black lives matter. This is a very difficult time in the history of this country. Same verdict. If she would have read it yesterday, she basically did. Joe Biden intimidated. Joe Biden really basically said to the writers, "Hey, listen, if this doesn't go our way, burn that son of a gun down. I'm on your team." Right, because Joe Biden, he's law and order guy, isn't he? That's what all the um, the never Trumpers told me. Oh, he's remember Joe Biden, you know, back when he was stealing small money, when he was an early senator. He was a real law and order guy. Borders, he liked them too. Joe Biden's going to be fine. It'll be just like Trump, only this time it'll have manners. How do you feel now, dummies? It's preposterous. Mary Barrington, thanks for calling. How are you? Hey, Sean, you're hilarious. Um, I have two questions. What do you think the verdict should have been? And do you think, uh, why do you think he didn't testify on his own behalf? Because I think that his lawyer probably, you saw his lawyer, he looked very scared and intimidated. His lawyer looked like he was walking on eggshells, and he probably gave him the, the old-fashioned advice that he learned on Boston Legal. Witnesses don't, or defendants don't testify. I mean, I, I felt that he didn't get, you know, I don't know if he, who knows the kind of money he had? Who knows who paid for the guy? Who knows what he got? It didn't matter who they were going to put up there. This, this, this verdict was already determined when they arrested him. This is what was going to happen. What do I think? Involuntary manslaughter. I think he should have got six years, protective custody, and he'd be out in three. That's what I think he should have got. But the I reality agree. is 
The reality is, Mary, he'll be he'll be gone a long while. Thank you very much. If he ever gets out, you think anybody's going to care if they put him in Gen Pop and he gets shivved on Tuesday? You think anybody's going to care? Here, I'll tell you who doesn't care. Black Lives Matter, who's already there. This is no big deal. You think this is going to quiet anything? It's not. As an organizer who's been organizing in New York for almost a year now consistently, I feel vindicated, but I also feel emboldened. I feel as though this makes us unstoppable. There you go. I feel like the fact that we- there you go. She's in. She's from New York. They've been organizing the Marxists for a year. They traveled to Minnesota, and now she feels vindicated. She's emboldened now. You think this is going to stop? This is merely the beginning. Blake Lombard. Hey, buddy, keep fighting the good fight, brother. Thank you very much. Thank you. Just wanted to say, I wonder if Biden talked finance or investment strategies with the Floyd family. He wasn't clear on it. They just got $27 million in the civil suit. Mm -hmm. They need to turn that into, what, five vacation homes and some big property? Well, they're they're almost as rich as the girl who started Black Lives Matter. But here's the thing. They're in the end now. This is it. Blake, they're in the end. They're just started. This will become a small corporation. They're going to travel the country. They're going to call for riots and they're going to sell T-shirts. And you know what? I think I think Floyd would have liked it. He was, after all, wanted to be an actor. He just started in the porn industry. Thank you, Blake, for the call. I appreciate it. Hell of a guy. Thank you. Thank you, Floyd. You really took the. Thank you, George Floyd. Thank you. Thank for you, sacrificing your you. life for justice. There you go. You're a team for being player, there to call out to your. Yeah, you're, you're you're called out to your mother. Everything's good. Jim Willowbrook. Hi, Jim. John. Yeah. You know, you and I have talked many times. I spent 22 plus years uh, with a badge. I spent 12 years before that as a Marine. I've been in riot situations. I've had my knee properly placed on someone's back. Uh-huh. And if I had done what Derek Chauvin did, I would expect to be convicted of the exact same things this guy was convicted of. I don't care about any of the other stuff going on. I don't care about that meathead in Washington. Yeah. I don't care about that meathead from California. I don't care about any of the rest of this stuff. Yeah. That man died because Derek Chauvin had his knee improperly placed for nine and a half minutes. And you, you heard me. You neck. heard me. You heard me tell Mary from Barrington. I think it was, he's guilty of involuntary manslaughter. I absolutely You're, do. Involuntary manslaughter. Yes. If he got up at the end of seven and a half minutes. When everybody was telling him, the guy can't breathe, you need to get up. When the paramedic from Minnesota was telling him that the guy's dying, yeah, yeah, no, I, that would I, have been involuntary. I agree with you, Jim, and I agree with you, but I do want to ask you this. You spent 20, 22 years on the job. How many guys? How many guys on drugs like this did you see do things you couldn't think were imaginable when they weren't on drugs? I'll put it to you this way. I'm six foot four. Mm-hmm. At the time I was wearing my badge, I was 250 pounds soaking wet. Mm-hmm. With all my stuff on, I went over 300. I have gone toe-to-toe with five-foot-tall people on PCP and had to break their arm or their leg because they wouldn't stop. There you go. So there's circumstances to every arrest. There's circumstances. Yes, but right? this guy was handcuffed. He was in a prone position. Yeah. And from the video that I've seen... He should have been sat back up and placed in the car. Yeah. Now, now listen, if he was still Jim, fighting. Right. 
I agree with you. You and I agree. We don't disagree. And then we'll also agree to another thing. When I was a kid, growing up in the 70s, we had cops that were your size. They had potmark faces. Oh, yeah. They had potmark yeah. faces, and they looked like gangsters in uniforms. And you know what? They didn't arrest anybody. You got that billy club on the top of your head till you couldn't move anymore. And that's how they used to arrest, and that's how they used to deter. But it didn't look to me like Floyd was too deterred by any sense of consequence. Passing the dirty money on the meth. I mean, there's a lot of circumstances. We saw a video clip of minutes, a couple minutes, and you and I agree he shouldn't have been on him that long. But we also didn't see what happened before. We also don't know if he encountered him before. We don't know if they knew each other. We don't know if this guy looked at this guy who, by the way, is your size. Floyd was your size. And he, now he's on a little bit of meth and he's agitated. You know, I mean, listen, I'm not for the guy dying. But the reality is, did he put himself in those circumstances? Or was he walking down the street in his Sunday best, holding his daughter's hand, skipping to the loo? No. Absolutely. So, but what I mean, you got to look at. You know, Derek would or Chauvin would not have known. I mean, I know he knew the guy because there's there's uh, reports in the actual case files saying that they had contact in the past. Chauvin apparently was an off duty security guard somewhere, and he knew this guy. So there you go. You got all there's all those did he things. Recognize him at the time. Yeah, and, but did he recognize him at the time? Did he know he was a dr on drugs? We don't know, we don't because know. you know why we don't know? Because this was a kangaroo court, Jim. You and I agree, and I'm going to tell I you what. You that. are my official go-to guy when it comes to police activity. I want you to call in every time there's one of these episodes, and then we're going to discuss it, because I think it's very interesting to talk to somebody who's a retired policeman. And by the way, I got a nephew on the job right now in that sewer of Chicago. And you know what I tell him? Find out whatever scumbag alderman you got to drop a sack off to get that O'Hare cushy job, because I don't want this kid. He's got three <laughs> little kids, and I don't want him coming home in a bag. Thanks, Jim, for the call. I appreciate it. Teresa on the north side. Hey, Sean, um, I'm with you on involuntary manslaughter. That's what I think that should have been, you know, put on the plate there. And um, I can see it. I mean, uh, you know, he seemed a little arrogant, Derek Chauvin did, and um, didn't listen. But, you know, arrogant or defiant. Yeah, verdict, listen, I agree. And, and look, we don't know the circumstances, but but here's the one thing. Right. Floyd was not a not a victim of circumstances. He was a victim of the circumstances he put himself in. He put exactly, himself in Exactly, exactly. And, you right? know, and, and the verdict to me, in my opinion, was like a sacrificial lamb vote. It's like, find Derek Chauvin guilty on all charges, and that means we won't have any mob violence in the city. That's exactly the innuendo. That's not, fair, and that's, that's not a fair trial. Of course not. It should be thrown out immediately. And I'm the first one and the only one on Chicago Talk Radio. I was a caller at the time, and I was filling in for guests. You know the heat I took from listeners when I called for Van Dyke to be immediately thrown in prison? He absolutely and totally murdered Laquan McDonald. Shot him 16 yeah. times. So don't get the, I'm not this guy, oh, they're always right. That's not the case. I'm saying when you're right. when you listen, I've been around people on drugs. I've been in fights with people on drugs. You can't keep them down for the light. You got to park a Buick on them to keep them down. So I get it. And I also get the fact that this guy's a big dude on meth. So, you know, that all could have been stopped if maybe he wouldn't have been on meth. Maybe he wouldn't have passed the $20 bill if maybe he wouldn't have been a scumbag. But now I got to hear Nancy Pelosi cantonize this son of a dog. I'm sorry. I don't think I don't feel that way. Thank you, Teresa, for the call. We're going to take the rest of your calls when we get back. 312-642-5600.
believe I need to have a clarification. I was informed by my trusty Macbeth. I pronounced canonized wrong. It's canonized, not cantonized. But you'll have to forgive me. I stopped paying attention. I denounced Catholicism when I saw that they were letting scumbags in like Pelosi and Durbin. And the priest was looking at my buddy Ivan the way I used to look at my Farrah Fawcett poster. I got out of there. Just tried to get out of there intact. I didn't pay attention to the verbiage. So sorry. It's canonized. But you know what I meant out there. You all know. All right. Tom Sherville. Yeah, Sean, I agree with you. It should uh, He should be charged for involuntary manslaughter, which I think is like six to ten years. And that's it. I mean, that's what I, if I was on the jury, that's, that's what I, I would have been a holdout. I wouldn't have went with murder charge. Tom, have you ever seen an instance in the American court system where the jury was so, so prejudiced, so, so intimidated by inundated by riders? And I mean, they're walking past this. I mean, it's not like they were sequestered during the trial. I, I still don't get that. You have one of the biggest trials of a decade and you don't sequester the jurors. And you want me to believe this shouldn't be thrown out instantly? It's, 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 it's a miscarriage of justice. This is the exact opposite of justice. And the president, okay. the president calls the scumbags family and not the police officers. So do me a favor, Tom. When you come across these never-Trumpers, when you come across these Keystone libertarians, I want you to look them right in their eye and say, thanks, scumbag. Thank you, scumbag, because they're the reason we got this. There's been these 400-pound baristas, Marxists, that have been around since the dawn of our country. But what, well, the reason we're, we have this feeble fascist is because of the Republicans. Because of the Republicans. Thank you for the call. In fact, that reminds me. Did you know George Bush? George W. Bush. For, you, couldn't, you couldn't get a word out of him when Obama was in office. Now you can't shut this dummy up. It's preposterous. He's got an opinion on the case, too. I think we should begin with what is in the news today. Sure. There sure. are American cities boarding up. There are schools that are closing. Everyone's awaiting the Derek Chauvin yeah. verdict. And I was reading back to what you said after George Floyd died, and it struck me. You said, Laura and I are anguished over the brutal suffoca- suffocation of George Floyd, disturbed by injustice and fear that will suffocate our country. And, and I was just thinking about this moment, yeah. this verdict. I mean, what do you think will be the impact on the racial reckoning in this country? I think the first thing is, Hoda, is that people know that the trial has been conducted fairly and that rule of law uh, is uh, reigns supreme in our mm-hmm. judiciary. There We'll see what a jury of his peers says. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people have already made up their mind what the verdict ought to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, All I can tell you is, is that if the trial is not conducted fairly, there is an appeal process. One of the things that we learned after the storming of the Capitol is our institutions held. And one of the institutions that's really important for the confidence of the American people is a fair uh, judicial system. And I think that's what's playing out on our TVs right now. There's the only reason Joe Biden might not be the dumbest president to ever hold the office. There's the excuse right there. And what this son of a dog did, did to your civil liberties and the foundation of this country may only be overshadowed by the dummy who's in there now, who, by the way, he voted for. Republicans like this fraud... Did great, though. Did great for Cheney's stock portfolio. And by the way, Cheney was the real president. What this dummy did to this country was an appetizer compared to what the guy he voted for will do. There's your Republican, there's your Republican rebuttal 
to the feeble fascist. He's on the same exact page. You know why? They might buy those Depends in, in mega stores and get the deep discount on them. I think he's, he, he's got them on, too. It's preposterous. And they're, don't worry. They're going to run. They're going to run another Bush, and you know who they are. Now, you think they're going to put up Dummy Jeb or his kid? Please clap. I don't know which one they're going to put up, but it's going to be riveting as the American oligarchs of the Republican side are putting themselves right back in positions of power. So go ahead. Give to the GOP. I dare you, because you're giving to these scumbags, Adam Kinzinger and the like. All right. Let's go to uh, Bill in Glen Ellen. Yeah, I, I, I think he should, have, he should have been found not guilty on all of the charges. Oh, Floyd died from three blocked coronary arteries, an enlarged heart, and an, a three times overdose of fentanyl mixed in with methamphetamine. He man. was a dead man walking before the cops even showed up at the scene. Well, he did that and every Wednesday for all we know, Bill. I mean, listen, you can't, you can't that? say that the guy kneeling on him didn't contribute to it. So you can say you can say that those other things contributed to it, but you know we don't want to take the we don't want to take the you discount yourself because you make it seem like like he would have died anyway. He was a dead man walking. Well, that's not how did a dead man walking put up a fight like that? He put up a fight against how many coppers? Because so I mean you got to be careful, Bill. We got to do a little thinking. I don't want to take that road either. He was wrong. Nine minutes kneeling on him. He was a moron. So what? I mean, I, I, do I have to abstain him from, from doing wrong? They both did wrong. But were there circumstances? What were the circumstances? It was involuntary. He didn't intend on killing him. He wouldn't have been on him, on the other hand, if he wouldn't have been all those things you said. So there's, I mean, you don't have to take the, the complete uh, opposite. And, and by the way, I don't think he should have had the badge on in the first place. Did you look at him? I mean, that's the problem. We got these cops who aren't capable of being cops. I want the six foot four guy who looks like he's going to split you over the head with a billy club. Where are billy clubs? We don't have those anymore, huh? Maybe we'd have a lot less of this if we had billy clubs. Lee and Hammond. Hey, Sean. Uh, I, I actually, I think the, the, the verdict was justified. Mm-hmm. But you know, I could show you videos of, of white people out in California getting beaten to death by the police. Some guy in Phoenix laying prone on a hotel hallway getting shot to death point blank by the cops. And another white guy in Albuquerque having dogs put on him and then shot point blank while he laid on the ground. And nobody cared about those people. But what my fear and what makes me sick to my stomach is that the usual suspects are going to use this to portray this country as a horrible racist place. And uh, that's, and, you know, that's the only thing that explains why these other cases never get any attention. And we and we we focused it, you know, like a laser on something like this. It explains it explains why Joe Biden. You're you're 100 percent right, Lee. Thanks for the call. And it also explains explains why Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi do not know the seven year old girl's name who was killed in the drive through at McDonald's yesterday or Sunday. That, That those are not the killings they can profit from. They love this kind of case. They can't wait. The idea that this low-life wretched, this takes all the heat off of Nancy Pelosi's $5 million Microsoft play. You know, the one that she did after her $5 million Tesla play. Thank you, George Floyd. Thank you. There you go. She's down with the struggle. All right. Let's go to Terry Rogers Park. I'm going to say this again. Uh, uh, Chauvin's knee was on the back part of Floyd's neck, where strong muscles protect the spine. Uh, the yeah, airway, Terry, Terry, you ever, the you carotid ever had, artery, what? is under the chin 
Uh, Floyd's continuous screaming, resisting arrest, and drugs caused him to stop well, breathing. Well, Terry, you have, you have the luxury of listening to the only radio host who's been in that position. And when you're in that position, it's a, you're not too concerned with the pressure point of where the knee is. You got, you got a 200-pound guy on your back, and you can't breathe. Nine minutes is too long, Terry. Sorry. Sorry. We don't do that. the mindless radio here. We don't do it. 312-642-5600. He, he was involuntary manslaughter, and he should have lost the job, and he should go to jail. But that doesn't mean he should be the pound of flesh for the Marxists. That doesn't mean he shouldn't have gotten a fair trial. That doesn't mean that the, the jurors shouldn't have been intimidated by politicians. That's how you get a mistrial. So if you're on the, the side for, for, for police doing whatever you want, the, the, then take the side of mistrial because it's not a fair trial. It's a kangaroo court. He definitely, definitely didn't do the, you had a policeman call for 22 years. Told you he was on his neck for nine minutes. What are you doing on his neck for nine minutes? It's preposterous. But it's involuntary manslaughter. Right? That's why you have those charges. There's a difference. There's nuances. So let's do a little thinking. 312-642-5600. I'll be back after this. Circumstances. There are no universal solutions for individual circumstances. Every circumstance should have the respect to be treated that way. So let's do a little thinking. Cops are not always right. Criminals are not always wrong. There are circumstances. This is a case with complications. The guy died. Are there reasons? Yeah, absolutely. Could he have died without the knee on his neck? Probably. There are many different ways. But for all we know, he did this every Tuesday. How the hell do you know? He's six foot four. He's a drug addict and an all-around scumbag. So his constitution's a little different than what you may be used to. That being said, it explains why the cop was nervous. How do you control a six foot four guy on meth? There are circumstances. One thing's for sure, there was supposed to be a trial system in this country that guarantees a fair one. This guy got anything but. There's no question about it. But Luann has an excellent point. Luann, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Good, good. Um, my, my theory is this. I don't understand why I, there's good and bad. Police are good. Police are bad. Authority is good. Authority is bad. Parents are good. Parents are bad. Whatever. Right. Our children are no longer taught respect. Growing up, we were taught to respect the police. And anybody that is in a place of authority, such as a policeman or a fireman, looking at a 13-year-old with a gun or a 28-year-old with a gun or a 50-year-old with a gun shooting at them um, or looking at them, what are you going to do? I mean, you have to take some kind of action. We and, need the to other, teach- and the other part of your coin is if you're a person who chooses the life of a criminal... You've made that choice that set you on a path that more likely than not, you're going to die. Scumbags are going to die. Someone's going to kill you sooner or later. That's just the way it goes. I guess that that also explains why BLM never is on the south side of Chicago. Because they know. Those guys made their choice. It's an excellent point. It's an excellent point. Thank you, Luann. I really appreciate it. And here's what you're combating. Did you see what they did to the house this guy sold? He didn't even live in the house. Pig blood all over it. This is the new norm. And an organizer who's been organizing in New York for almost a year now consistently. I feel vindicated, but I also feel emboldened. I feel as though this makes us unstoppable. 
I feel like the fact that we were able to secure justice for George Floyd means that we can secure justice for every black person who was killed by police. And now we're looking to justice for Breonna Taylor. We're looking to justice for Dante Wright. We're looking to justice for Tamir Rice because black people do deserve justice. And this is a message to every little black child coming up that your life matters. And if your life is taken at the hands of the state, there will be consequences. But and what about the hands of the game? Every cop is watching and paying attention because today the Black Lives Matter movement serve notice on you. And she's going to keep it up right until she gets to buy a house in Hinsdale or her version of Hinsdale, wherever she is. And what about the seven-year-old girl or the one-year-old or the three-year-old that we lose every weekend? Nah, don't worry about it. You were not killed by the state, so you don't get our attention. And what about all the white people who are killed by cops? Far more than black. I understand it's a percentage. I get it. I can do math. But nonetheless, it's still. They kill more whites than black. Sorry. Just the fact. Craig, Wisconsin. Hey, Sean. How are you? Hey, so what he did wrong was after he passed out, right? Did he do anything wrong to when he passed out? A fight's a fight, Craig. There's only a few of us that really been in them. And when you're when you when you're fighting yeah, a six so, foot four guy on meth, your your main thing is to keep get him down and keep him down. So what he did wrong right. is he stayed so on him too passed, long. He was handcuffed. He didn't need yeah, to be on him. Yeah, the issue is he stayed on him. He stayed on him too long, right? Yeah. So two and a half minutes after he was unconscious, he stayed on him. The Manslider. testimony showed that they were threatened by the crowd. The Correct. crowd killed this guy. He there couldn't do first aid because the crowd was was threatening. That's why they the ambulance showed up and they hauled him away. They didn't treat him there. Craig, you know what? I, what and, and, and I don't know if I should incriminate myself, but I'm going to. Uh, I've been in a lot of fights. And I got in a fight, and I didn't know there was a cop there. I shoved the cop. He fell down. You know what? They, they gave me a shellacking, and they hogtied me. They handcuffed my ankles yeah. to my wrists like a toolbox. And you know what it did? It shut me up, and they put me in the back seat. Now, you know what? They can't do that anymore. They can't do that anymore. Yep. Why not? Why not? Why can't you do it? Shut me up. So, so you've, you've handcuffed Somebody them to what, the court case. what they can do, what they can't do, and then you, you tell them to treat everybody with a cream puff. Then you got a six foot four, two hundred and seventy pound guy on meth, and you're going to tell me this cop wasn't scared out of his mind. And to your point, the crowd was chanting; he probably was scared. But nonetheless, it's involuntary manslaughter. He did not mean or intend to kill him. He did it because he was stupid, just like the other cop who didn't grab the taser, yelled taser, and shot him. Stupid. Involuntary manslaughter, but they, they might they, they might as well have sat her right down next to this guy. Just get it all over with, save everybody money, give them all a thousand years, and let's move on, so that this girl cannot pay attention to the Chicago children who are shot, innocent seven year old, three year old, one year old, and she can go out and make money because that's what this is all about. Thanks, Craig, for the phone call. I truly appreciate it. Mary Ellen, Northwest Side, love the name. Hi, hi, Sean, hi. former. Uh, I exec- I'm the one who exercises in Elmwood Park over here. Wonderful. So, Stop circling my house. You make me nervous. Go ahead. <laughs> two, two quick points. Um, I had viewed the, you know, not a, I've, of course I wasn't a juror, and I, I believe there was no way he could get a fair trial there, okay? I believed it mm-hmm. the venue should have been moved. But, you know, given the fact that it was there, and I viewed all these, what I saw, Mm-hmm. And I wasn't for him or for against him. But what kept coming to my mind is, 
I would have walked away with some reasonable doubt. Mary Ellen, I get you hear the music. I got to go to break. But here's the problem, Mary Ellen. You're a reasonable person. There aren't many of us left. It's irrational. Chaos. Rioters. We'll be back with John Lott at 605. I can't wait. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. I love talk radio. One of my favorite um, parts of doing talk radio is I get to talk to people I truly admire. John Lott is one of those people. John Lott is the president of CrimePreventionResearchCenter.org. He's a gun advocate. He's the author of such books as More Guns, Less Crime, War on Guns, Freedomnomics. He's also an economist. Uh, He worked for the Department of Justice. And I wanted to bring him on to talk about this kabuki theater we're calling a court system because I've been looking at some of his uh, Twitter, and I'm, I'm very intrigued with it. John, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Doing, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, this, to me, is an absolute miscarriage of justice and the idea that um, the jury was tainted by such misinformation from politicians and, and truly, in my, in my view, intimidated into a, a 10-hour guilty verdict tells me that it should be it shouldn't have been a, a, a case for appeal it should have been a mistrial am i crazy well i mean that's just one little part of it there's so many abuses that the prosecution was allowed to do i think the judge was just fearful of uh of declaring a mistrial uh he didn't want to take responsibility for it and as such, uh, the prosecution walked all over. My, I mean, I can give you lots of examples. You know, here the prosecution uh, was working on this case for a year before the trial, and yet they dumped over 5,000 documents on the defense during the trial. Uh, you know, they would have like 600 documents dumped the night before their expert was going to be testifying, documents that were related to what the expert was supposed to say. So, you have one lawyer on the other side. I mean, it's just abuse. I mean, so it's I, intentionally I overwhelming be, the, the, the lawyer so that he can never... I mean, prepare. you could see the quality of the defense basically deteriorate as the trial went on simply because of these abusive tactics. I mean... There's no way. I mean, I don't know how many pages were in each one of those documents, but uh, I'm sure it was a lot more than one page. But if you get uh, 600 uh, documents dumped on you the night before uh, an expert's supposed to testify, I mean, maybe it turns out after you read them, uh, two-thirds of them are kind of meaningless. They're not going to be useful in understanding what's going to happen. But you still have to go through those. I mean, let's say they're 10 pages each. But 6,000 pages. It's, it's just crazy stuff. I mean, I mean that's, that's just one tiny example. I mean, you take um, the closing arguments uh, yesterday. Um, prosecutors have certain restrictions on what they're able to say. They're representing the state. 
So they are supposed to behave responsibly in certain ways. And among those requirements are that they're not supposed to uh, go and attack the truthfulness of opposing counsel. They're not supposed to go and belittle the types of arguments that are made. But, you know, if people want to listen, listen to the closing rebuttal. You know, the prosecution gets its initial uh, bite at the closing argument, then the defense goes, and then the prosecution gets to respond to uh, the defense. In a case it's only 20 minutes. But, yeah. but I've never, I mean, when I was chief economist at the U.S. Sentencing Commission, I must have read a thousand criminal trial transcripts. I've never, ever, ever seen anything even remotely similar to this. Um, uh, you know, time, and we're not talking about three or four or five uh, violations there where uh, the prosecution directly uh, said that the defense counsel wasn't being truthful and what have you. I mean, I, I lost count. There's something like over 20 times the judge uh, reprimanded the prosecution and he just went on and kept on doing it after that. Um, you know, there were times when the uh, it, it came out that the prosecution hadn't, even though he's doing this huge data, data dumps on the defense, that they hadn't given everything. One of the key examples is uh, after uh, the defense medical expert uh, testified, uh, it, the prosecution revealed after he was done the next day, uh, they revealed that they had actually done a blood test on his on the carbon monoxide level in the blood of uh, George Floyd. Well, that would have been crucial for the defense expert to know that. Um, they wanted to bring that up uh, to impeach the testimony of the expert. Uh, the judge said, no, you can't bring that up because, uh, you know, you should have revealed that to the other side. Uh, and, and the judge warned them that they couldn't bring it up or it would risk a mistrial. Well, guess what? It was brought up anyway. And the judge, uh, you know, took them to sidebar for two minutes and basically scolded them. But nothing else happened. I'm just saying there's so many of those things that went on during this trial that I, I, I'm, I don't think I've ever seen a trial that's been so out of whack in terms of uh, – uh, violating certain basic rules on how, you know, just the number of experts. There are rules on the number of experts that you can have that make the same point. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, the judge pretty much let them have whatever they wanted to have. And in a case of this magnitude, with all of the attention on it, have you, have you ever seen a case that was even lesser magnitude that did not sequester the jurors? Do you not? I, I see that as a problem. Am I off base? Well, look, there are things that the judge could have done, particularly after you mentioned Maxine Waters' uh, statement. He could have, on Monday, could have called in the jurors one at a time and questioned them and see whether or not they had heard anything, whether they had been affected by it or not. Um, he didn't do that. He didn't even do the most basic safeguards that are there uh, with regard to it. Um you know, the, this case should not have been heard in uh, Minneapolis. Um, you know, uh, the judge may be right that there may be no place in the state where it would have been safe uh, for jurors or others to participate in, in, this, in such a trial. But, you know, that goes to, if you really believe that, the judge really believes that, that's not an explanation for keeping it in, in Minneapolis. It's an explanation for just declaring a mistrial. 
because um, you, you're basically conceding there that the guy isn't going to be able to get a fair defense. Um, you know, it's <clears throat> one one weird thing that I haven't heard other people bring up. And as I said, I've read a lot of transcripts of trials, and I've been an expert myself in cases and what have you. Is the expert? A lot of the experts for the prosecution had never been experts in previous trials. I mean, here's the prosecution's just spending uh, buco money. Uh, you know, they have all these lawyers. They have guys that are been in private practice that they bring in in order to have kind of their dream team of prosecutors that are there. They have huge staff devoted to it. These they weren't trying to save any money on any of this stuff, and yet. Yeah. So many of their experts uh, were either had never been an expert before or had never been an expert in this particular area that they were being asked to testify in. You know, the this uh, stock guy, uh, I probably can't remember his name quite perfectly, but um, he, uh, he was uh, a living forensic person. He had never taken any classes. He had never... Uh, had a degree in the in any related area. He had never had a job in the related area, and yet uh, he was making pronouncements as an expert there. He was kind of like his hobby, I guess, had been. Yeah. Had, and I, and that raises a question to me. Surely they tried to get people who were experts in these areas. Uh, and the question is, why the experts in the areas weren't willing to do it? And I, I have a hunch what happened. And that is, um, and you kind of got this from just listening to the testimony. What happened was um, uh, the prosecution wanted each of their experts to, their medical experts, for example, to say certain magic words that um, that uh, George Floyd only died because of the hold that he was put in. Um, and then you'd have uh, the defense get in there and they say, well, uh, the guy had uh, one of his major arteries was 70 percent or two of them were 70 percent occluded. Another one was like 95 percent occluded. Would any of those by themselves been sufficient to cause somebody's death? And, of course, they'd say yes. And they say, well, he, he has, you know, hypertension, you know, very uh, high hypertension. Could that have caused death? Yes. Um, could the metaphetamines cause death, given the amount that he had? Yes. Could the fentanyl, is that possible to cause death at the amount that he had? Yes. And he'd go through the whole list of things there, and then, but they would still assert that the only cause of death that was relevant was the hole that was there. And I, I just wonder whether a lot of the experts that they approached, the people who have been experts in lots of cases, when this is a high-profile case, you don't yeah. put somebody on the stand in such a high-profile case who's never been an expert in, in this area in any previous criminal court case. And, uh, and I suspect what happened was they went to the people who were kind of real experts in these areas, and the guys say, you know, I know what you want me to say, and I just can't, for my own professional integrity, say that. I mean, maybe there's another so like, you have to get an benign explanation there. for what happened. Yeah. We normally that's, take those people with no job history and no expertise and make them senators and congressmen. So in this case, they had to start somewhere. And um, when you, you know, when you reflect back into the Trump era, everything was a dog whistle. John, I kept hearing this term dog whistle, dog whistle, dog whistle. Yet I sat there the other day and I saw a sitting congresswoman 
literally tell rioters to go ahead and riot if they didn't get the verdict that they liked. I think that is prejudice. I think that is influencing and intimidating the jury. Yet, I, I, I mean, I only hear it talked about on, on talk radio. I don't hear people coming to the defense of Chauvin, uh, uh, Chauvin, and I don't hear people coming to the to the call for this case. I mean, how long do you think before he appeals? Should he be filing the appeal today? Well, I mean, they're going to they have so many grounds that they're going to appeal on. Uh, I assume they're going to go through the state courts, but there's chances for them to approach federal courts for appeal. But I, you know, I guess the question one has to answer is, you know, if it's true that this district court judge just didn't have the backbone to do to declare these mistrials, I mean, if. One case where he basically told him, if you do this, if you go and present this evidence that you didn't turn over to the defense and you make this as an argument now, I'm going to declare a mistrial. They do it. He doesn't do anything with it. He doesn't follow through. And, you know, if you have um, uh, appellate court judges who are as intimidated or state Supreme Court justices who are as intimidated as this district court judge seemed to be, into not doing his job. I mean, who knows? Hopefully, if the federal courts eventually get involved, all I can tell you is um, if you just go and ask a lawyer, uh, you know, something simple, like, you know, and not even with reference to this case, but just say, if you have uh, closing arguments for the prosecution and they repeatedly, despite being warned by the judge, repeatedly, like 20 times, question the honesty and integrity of uh, the defense counsel uh, and belittle their statements, um, what would happen? I, gu- I guarantee you, if you know a lawyer and you ask them those questions, they would say, well, mistrial would be declared mm-hmm. because you're prejudicing the prejudiced protesting the the jurors yeah john the reason i wanted to have you have you on too is they had a lot riding on this verdict the democrat party could not afford to have anything but a guilty verdict because as you see in these proposed spending bills and as you see in a lot of the agenda there is a lot of money for this new term called racial reckoning and the reality is i feel that they needed to jam this this case this way because this will turn into Billions upon billions of dollars that will be funneled into neo-Marxist groups, outright Marxist groups like BLM and Antifa, because what we can do now is use this verdict to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that this country is inherently racist and that there must be money given to these these entities that provide or promise this utopian race uh, uh, America, where everything is just and people are just compensated because of race, which to me is the most racist thing that I could ever hear. But it could not have happened if this this police officer was found innocent. Do you think there's a tie there or am I off base? Uh, well, look, do I agree with you that there's a lot of uh, money that's being siphoned over to certain Democratic groups and the new uh, uh, infra- so-called infrastructure bill, which, you know, or, but you know, you, the last two uh, uh, coronavirus quote-unquote relief bills, uh, most of their money went to things that uh, you know the even the one that Trump signed, the last one that he signed uh, reluctantly, uh, the Democrats would only agree to providing the relief for businesses and stuff if most of it ended up going for like green projects and stuff. Um, 
and uh, you had the same type of thing in the in the coronavirus relief bill that Biden signed. Only a, a fraction of that went to anything related to coronavirus related. And, you know, they call this infrastructure, but I guess if you call, uh, you know, daycare facilities and yeah, uh, nursing home care and other things uh, and a lot of Green New Deal stuff, uh, um, you know, infrastructure, uh, you know, subsidizing uh, building of electric cars and what have you. Um, you know, it's I'm an economist. Uh, I've done a lot in uh, crime, obviously, over the years. But, um, uh, you know, as an economist, the notion that spending this money stimulates the economy is just silly. And the reason is, is that the money comes from someplace. If you borrow the money, that means somebody else doesn't have the money to spend that they would have spent. They're buying the bonds that you're using to go and finance this money that you're spending. And if you you could sell the... If you could sell the people that you're spending the money for a racial reckoning, that you're going to defund the police to give it to these groups that will somehow bring peace and harmony, regardless of the fact what you're going to get is the south side of Chicago on steroids. You now have taken control of the of the of the utopia, the vision of it. And you you now can corrupt the system even more because I I don't think that a lot of these people were part of the Republican voting base that were protesting. Um, sure, that's obviously true. The uh, look, uh, this the money that's being put together here is to reward Democratic base that's there, hmm. and uh, you know it's well, just to make them wealthy. Uh, and uh, impoverish uh, everybody else's kids in the future. I mean, we have a debt now that's more than our national income, uh, and it's growing dramatically uh, quickly. And uh, you know, it's like they don't care how much money they spend. They don't. They don't care that future generations are going to have truly massive. I mean, it's bad enough anyway. I mean, one can go and justify the initial stuff that was there, uh, even if even if reluctantly last year, um, just to kind of tide companies and people over through no fault of their own. But this is being sold as a way to stimulate the economy. The thing is, so not only are you just moving money from where one person would have spent it to another person who would have spent it, but you actually temporarily increase unemployment. And the reason is, is because let's say you move money from the you know, oil and gas industry to, you know, solar farms or... Uh, or to BLM. Else. Well, yeah. not everybody who has a job in the oil industry is going to instantly move to another state and start working, making windmills. Yeah. It's going to take them time. It, they may not even move to those other jobs. But if you and promise so, racial harmony, you can get away with this. And to me, this this case was a building block that the Democrat Party absolutely needed to have in its foundation. And I'm hoping that justice, you know, comes around. Uh, sadly, I, I'm from Chicago, where the Democrat mafia rules the roost, and I'm I'm less than optimistic that it will. But John, I have to go to break. I blew I blew through one. I want to thank you so much. It is truly an honor and a privilege to speak to you. Please join me again. All right. Well, thanks very much. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much. John Lott, Jr. We'll be back with your calls and comments. 312-642-5600 after this. (laughs) 
I really do believe what we were talking about with John Lott. This is always about money. BLM has embarrassed itself. Its Marxist co-founder is now a high-end real estate mogul, and nobody cares. The Democrats are willing to turn a blind eye to the political corruption they approve of, because this is where their bread is buttered. And as you listen to BLM Marxists promote the idea that they're just getting started, you know what I'm saying is not speculation. It's not hyperbole. It's the fact. George, make it so. You, we are serving nerd notice on you today that going forward, if you take our lives, there will be consequences. And that consequence will be dying behind the same bars that you spent your lives putting us behind. This is it. This is the end. This is the beginning of a new era. Activism works. Marching works. Millennials did this. Gen Z did this. We stayed in those streets and we demanded justice. And now we have justice. And now we want justice for everyone. Now go to the streets of the ghettos your philosophies built. Go to the streets of the south side of Chicago and the west side of Chicago. Go to New York and New Jersey and California. Go to those streets and protest against the very gangs that are killing your people. In far greater numbers. Times a thousand than police who are dealing with criminals. But you don't want to do that. You know why? There's no money in it. Or, or, you might disrupt the money that flows to your political beliefs anyway. Because if you're going to tell me that these street gangs don't have lobbyists and aldermen in their pocket, then you're denying reality. But it's only in a denied reality that this racist group can somehow be seen as anything but. We are now comfortable having racists call other people racist so they can control the purse strings. That's the new America. It's not justice. It's not blind justice. This case was anything but blind justice. This was an absolute kangaroo court. The outcome was determined before it started. And the idea that they were doing the things that John Lott spoke of is outrageous. Thousand-page dumps the day before. This is, a, this is a miscarriage of justice. This is anything but justice. 312-642-5600. I'll be back after this. Boy, they call this the new world, huh? Very sophisticated, very progressive, very united, very principled. And is it any wonder when you realize you look at our politicians, you look at these 70-year-old, 80-year-old corrupt corrupt corporatists at the very least those are the republicans and the outright soviets we call the democrats but just to say i stand with you thank you i am not afraid i am not intimidated and i'm going to speak truth to power thank you she's not intimidated because she had a security team with her oh yeah don't worry that was in the budget it's all in the budget just put it in the budget I love it when these politicians get caught with their private security teams, yet they demand that the people that live in the ghettos they built don't have access to good policing. In fact, they want less policing. They're not on the side of the gangs. No. They're worried about you. you the good news is you got daycare. Alex Hinsdale. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, the biggest shame out of the last year and a half, I would say that what I see in where I live People will say, I'm woke, I'm with you, but they're voting with their feet. 
we're having a, a segregation again of America, and you can just look at what's happened to Illinois, and and with thirty percent of the businesses downtown not coming back, that I think it's I think it's the last nail in the coffin right now because if you're a policeman, you sit in your car and you let them shoot it out. Wait to wait to collect the bodies. Alex, I couldn't agree with you more. It's a tragic shame. But when the government calls the nation racist, the government that is supposed to be the representative government indicts hundreds of millions of people of racism because the color of their skin. So if you're white, you're obviously a racist. The government has destroyed the continuity of the races. It was never like this. Never. And you're telling me there's a racial reckoning coming? I'll tell you what, I'll take the 80s, the 90s, the early 2000s, far over this, far over this. This is, this is, we've gone back 70, 80, 140 years. That's just the reality. And who brought us back? The Maxine Waters of the world, the Joe Bidens of the world. You know what my favorite part about Joe Biden? Favorite part. There's still that inconvenient truth of that picture with him and the Klansmen. The Grand Poobah, whatever the hell they do with their secret handshake. Those inbred moron Ku Klux Klan Democrats. Robert Byrd, held in the hand, raising the hand. Joe Manchin standing behind him. He's our only hope. That other, that other Ku Klux Klan really supporter. How could you say, if how, who's friends with a member of the Ku Klux Klan? I mean, that is a Ku Klux Klan sympathizer. He's now going to be in charge of the racial reckoning. That's the one thing about Democrats. You can buy them off cheap, small money. And now they got their own little private entities that are raising money. And nobody knows how much. BLM started what, in 2016? I think their first year they did $100 million. I'm not sure they ever had a worse year. What do they produce? That's a union of racists. Really intimidating. That's the old-fashioned. You'll pay me or I will burn down your businesses. I will riot in the streets. They're threatening Americans, and other Americans are too timid. The idea that strangers get to tell you you're a racist. They don't know you. They don't know who you love, what your ideology is, what anything is. That's why when people call me that, I say, absolutely not. I hate far more white people than any other race. I hate all of the self-righteous, self-aggrandizing Marxists, no matter what their color is. Robert Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? Well, first of all, I just want to say God bless the firefighters up there in Wheeling and the police officers and everywhere. We appreciate everything you do every day. Now, here's my comment. The minute that Biden and uh, Crazy Maxine weighed in on all this, the thing should have been thrown into a mistrial. This was uh, uh, clearly peer pressure on the judge and uh, probably tainted the jury big time. What do you think? I think we shouldn't even pretend we're going to have a trial. No, I know. For, for for him, for the for the female cop also in Minnesota, I don't think we should pretend they have a trial. I don't think that I think that police should be be very aware they're better off staying in their car. You want to know what I would do if I were a cop? Give them what they want. Give them what they want. You don't want the cops? Okay. Now we're not going to go. There you go. And it'll be just like all the other socialist Marxist countries where only the people with money and the politicians get the police protection. Let's do it that way. Let's see how that works out for everybody. After all, we, we get a witness. We get a, we get a glimpse in how that works out. I mean, this wasn't a bad weekend, 27 shot. Nah, it's no big deal. Don't worry about the kid that shot. Her name doesn't matter. 
Floyd's name matters. After all, he, he really, he sacrificed. Thank you, George Floyd. Thank you. Yeah, I took, took one for the team. Thank you. All right. Let's go to uh, Jeff in Dundee. Thanks, John. Thanks for taking my call. Okay. Uh, the other previous caller uh, took a lot of my thunder, but, <clears throat> you know, Maxine Waters, you know, if you, you intimidate a witness in a trial, you're going to be arrested. And if you intimidate the jury, you should be arrested. Now, she can say anything she wants in the well of the Congress, but she can't say anything she wants out in the general public. Somebody should have some spine and arrest her. Yeah, Jeff, here's the, here's the funny thing. Isn't she from California? I remember reading yeah, right. after the bailout, she's from California. What the hell is she doing in Minnesota? What the she's hell is she doing in Minnesota? Riot. She's inciting a riot. She, that's what she's doing. You know and who, you know who I arrested. think... You, you know who was from her, or, or I don't know if she was from her specific district, but it wasn't Ashley Babbitt who was killed by the Capitol Police officer. Wasn't she a Californian? She didn't say a word yes, about she was, her, though. And we don't know who the police officer that shot her. Well, there's he no money in her death. There's no money in her death, right, Jeff, and right, that's right, what this right. is all about. It's about money. That's all it's about. Capitalize on tragedy, stoke the flames, and promise to be a, midi- uh, a mediator so we could pay off your new constituency which is the paramilitary arm of the Democrat Party, BLM and Antifa. Ironic, though, huh? The feeble fascists supported by the anti-fascists. You almost got to love it. Jim, far north side. Sean, for the love of God, uh-huh. stop these so-called politicians and anchors and people that are supposed to be in the know from calling your show and explaining the problem to us. We don't need anyone to explain the problem to us. What we need is someone to give us the solution to the problem. Jim, the solution to the problem has been undermined, brother. The solution to the problem is a representative republic that honors the individuality of the American citizen. That's been undermined. That document we pretend guarantees us justice and the the principles of Americanism is Swiss cheese. The solution, unfortunately, is what? You're going to have to rebuild the country. And you're not going to do it under this climate where politicians are stoking riots and violence. That's certainly not going to happen. You're just going to have to wait them out and hope they get tired. After all, the bulk of them aren't worse, used to working, so hopefully they'll get tired. 312-642-5600. I'll be back after this. You know, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about all the policies that are in the pipeline. I'm thinking about all of the rhetoric. How much of our policies in America today are based on race? The government is going to be very comfortable in practicing a racism they prefer. They're not asking for the abolition of racism. They're asking for the implementation of it. In this country, the year 2021, these last two years have been the absolute destruction of a once great country. I'm sorry to say it, but it's the truth. And unless more people of all races call for the American principles of justice for all, you're just going to see more of this nonsense. This is a joke, what we witnessed. This, this trial is a joke. It's a shame. It's a sin. And if the, if the table was reversed, and if this was a black cop and a white perpetrator, how do you think it'd be then? Lloyd, Gary, Indiana. Call. Hey, please don't under, misunderstand me. Drew Peterson, I'm not sticking up for the guy, but look what the state of Illinois done to him. They couldn't get him fair and square, so they go and make a law to allow hearsay unconstitutional, illegal, allow hearsay into the courtroom so they could convict the guy. Well, Lloyd, I would, I would, I understand you wanted to do the caveat of don't disagree, but he definitely killed his first wife. 
Well, yeah, yeah. I'm not disagreeing. I said that I'm talking about the principle of law. Yeah. Look at how corrupt the state became. Oh, come on. The corrupt the principle of you law. You don't have to, to go outside. You don't have to go outside a tax auction in Chicago to see the corruption of law. I mean, you want to see some real swindling. You don't. I mean, it's, it's, it, our system has been undermined. You know why? We allowed judges to be politicians. Why in the hell? Why in the hell do the we power. allow Democrat judges in Democrat hubs? Because they like the corruption. They like the corruption, Lloyd. I mean, after all, you see time in and time out how we get these capos that they call aldermen, who everyone knows. Ed Burke, everybody knew. Mike Madigan, everybody knew. Little Dick Durbin, everybody knows. Nobody cares. Wife the lobbyist, nephew the lobbyist, scumbag. They toot they scumbag. The honorable senator. It's a classic. The country has no standards. Because everybody wants in on the scam, rather than call it out. Frank, Melrose Park. Hi, Frank. How you doing, Sean? Good. First Excellent. time listener. Love oh, your show. Love you. your energy. Love the way you, you handle yourself on the air. I appreciate it. You know why? We're from the same neighborhood. That's why. Go ahead. Exactly. I know you sent your little boy. <laughs> oh, do you? I was a handsome course, kid, wasn't I? I cut your hair and made you look handsome. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. I know who this is. Frank. Thanks for the call. Unfortunately, it's the end of the show, brother. you got to be a regular listener now. We just got Frank. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Kevin, Austin, Texas, don't be mad at me, brother. Fastest show here. we got th- we got 20 seconds, Kevin. Come on. I didn't want to cut you out. What's up, brother? All right. I appreciate you taking me on. It's You know what? You can't you can't blame uh, Democrat politicians for doing what they're doing because they get away with it. They get reelected because yeah. of Black Lives Matter because the left is organized. No, Kevin, listen, brother. I love you, and you know that, but we do blame the corruption. We do blame the politicians who pretend to be gangsters. I blame them. They're scumbags. They're not Democrats. They're mafia members and Marxists. I'll be back tomorrow. The way you